Welcome, everybody, to another episode of Rerun Shuffle, the podcast where we hit shuffle to take a fresh look at Comfort TV. Uh, my name is Tim Nacy. I'm the multimedia editor around these parts. Um, I am a podcaster, and I'm a journalism student who has a focus on pop culture and film. Hi, everybody. I'm Leo Cabral. I am the editor-in-chief at Viewpoints. This is your Riverside City College news publication, so make sure to pick those up wherever you find them. They're in those orange boxes that you ignore. <laughs> I use they, them pronouns, and I am a queer, trans, non-binary, multimedia journalist. All right, Tim. What have you been watching this week? Well... I actually discovered something pretty um, I, I, that, I'm, that I'm kind of excited about because I, I hadn't heard about it before. Um, I've been exploring HBO Max a little bit more than I have, mm-hmm. and um, I've discovered that um, that streaming service is like a absolute treasure trove of like family animated entertainment, especially from Cartoon Networks. That's there. I noticed that. Like that there much. are so many. Like the, like 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 that is like the closest we get to like an archive of things because there's so many. There's so many shows like. You know, you got your usual standards, your Billy and Mandy's, your Dexter's Labs, your Adventure Times, your Steven Universes, you know, all of these um, all of these shows that people know about. But there's also a lot of shows that like slipped under the radar or that only made it one season or something like that. But they but Cartoon Network will dump everything on HBO Max. So if you really want to explore, you'll find some you'll find some cool stuff. I have been watching uh, Billy and Mandy. Uh, I love that show so much. It's so good. I forgot how good it is. I mean, I was always more of an Invader Zim kid because Invader Zim was like probably the hardest edged of all cartoons. That's true, yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> we'll talk about that one day on this podcast. Um, hmm. That'd be a good one. That'd be a good one. <laughs> uh, the show I discovered uh, that I, I'd never even heard word about it before. Um, it's called Mau Mau, Heroes of Pure Heart. <laughs> so Mau Mau is a show about a warrior cat named Mau Mau. <laughs> who, after accidentally destroying their means of protection, which is the, the ruby pure heart, big, a big, like, it, it looks kind of like a hot air balloon kind of thing, kind of floats over. Um, it, it originally it originally kind of put, like, a cloaking, a cloaking field over the pure heart valley. But he crashed into it with his flying motorcycle. And now he has to uh, act as the sheriff of this village in the pure heart valley. Dang. And uh, so he and, and and so basically this this like hard edged warrior. He's a black cat. He's got um he's got like uh got these big big green eyes. Um he's got like a he's got like a he's got like a scarf with a cape attached to it. Classic. And he carries a katana around. He's like this really like hard edged kind of warrior. And he now has to live in this little town. This super colorful kids town or kids kids show looking town. Mm-hmm. Um with. A bunch of creatures that are referred to as sweetie pies, <laughs> Aww. and uh, yeah, he has to protect them from from monsters. And there's some really cool monsters on this show, like dinosaurs and like giant rhinos. And oh, I really want to watch this now. Um, he works with his deputies, uh, Badger Clops, who is a giant cyborg badger with a gun for an arm. Okay, cool. And um, Adorabat, who is. An adorable little bat with a peg leg, and basically, yeah, they just protect the valley from they just protect the valley from monsters and a band of sky pirates led by Orangus Snake, who okay. is who is a, he's a, he's got a snake's head and an orangutan's body. Um, um, and what's like really wild about him though is that he's not just like it, it's it's not just like it's, it's it's not just like that. Like I, I, I truly, I, I'm wondering if they're ever gonna go into Orangus Snake's like. Um, origins in this show uh-huh. because I need to know what the deal is. Um, his design is 
He's got kind of this. He's got kind of this, you know, like uh, like um, like Skeletor, kind of like this purple, this purple suit that he wears. <laughs> uh-huh. But he's big and beefy. He's a, he's a, he's an orangutan. Th- those are pretty big, beefy primates, right and there. So, yeah, he's got. You see the arms and the legs are orangutan, and he's got. And he's like, he's a king cobra. He wears a crown. Oh, how cute! I'm, I'm, he's like a king cobra, and um, but the weirdest, the kind of creepiest thing, is that on his torso is an orangutan's head. Stop. That is and so I, weird. I thought I thought that it was just like ornamental or like a thing. But no, if you watch it during scenes, it, it, it it's it's aware of its existence. It like you you'll like 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 it's got this like serene little smile on its face and it like blinks. <gasps> it does it never speaks. But like it's oh. kind of honest. <laughs> and it's so it's so weird and nobody ever talks about it. And I mean I'm only six episodes in, but um I don't think anybody wants to talk about it. That's uncomfortable. <laughs> I am fascinated though. <laughs> Um, but yeah, he's got all kinds of, but yeah, and, 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 and he, the, all of his, all of his like crewmates, um, he's got, there's, there's Ramaraf, who is a giraffe that wears, um, I think it's Ramaraf, mm-hmm. something like that. It's, it's, it's something like, ramming and giraffe are, are built into his name. Um, wears like a, wears like a metal, metal helmet. Oh. Um, there's Ratarang, who is a, who is a rat that can turn himself into a boomerang. There is Boss Hostrich, who is a Southern Gentleman Ostrich. I don't know what he does exactly, but... Oh, uh, my God. <laughs> it's such a ridiculous show. I love this. The, the vibe of this show reminds me a lot of something like Gravity Falls, where there's a very kid-friendly sensibility, but also this very sharp, self-aware sense of humor. One of my favorite moments in the beginning is um, because uh, they... Uh, Badger Clops and Mau Mau are are, are are like adventuring are like adventuring buddies, mm-hmm. um, and they meet Adorabat when they end up in Pure Heart Valley, mm-hmm. and um, Adorabat has been bored living um, living living this really boring life. She wants to get out there and she wants to like see adventure and fight monsters and stuff. Oh my God. She really looks up to really looks really looks up to Mao. The, the, the theme song is actually sung from Adorabat's perspective about how awesome she finds Mau Mau. <laughs> My heart is melting. <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and so and so and so, Adorabat's trying to like attach herself to to, to, the, to their adventuring party, and and at one point, he, and, then, and there's like all these like all, all these like like residents of the of the village like gathered around, <laughs> and it's like and and Malmo's like, no, no, I can't take you, I can't take you on an adventure. You're just a child. I mean, aren't all of you children? And one of them's like, I'm thirty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I felt that all one. Like these, they're all like these little. They're all, they're all like these little, like knee high, like taller looking. Oh, and, and like yeah, like it's it's really it's it's really um it's really cutesy, but it also has like a little bit of like 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 horrible. There's, there's another scene. There's another part I love where there's like a monster fight happening, and I don't think we've gotten a name for the donkey yet. But the donkey is, I believe, the editor in chief of their paper. Their newspaper. Oh boy! And so, oh and so they're, they're they're in the middle of a monster fight, and the donkey comes out and is holding, just proudly holding the newspaper over over their head, like I had to pull an all nighter, but I finally got today's paper ready to go. <laughs> and then the monster fight comes, and the paper has been snatched out of his hand or their hand. He has no idea what happened to it, and just they just lay down on the ground and put their hands on their head, just like having an existential <laughs> crisis. Okay, but I feel that that was me yesterday when we when we submitted the paper. <laughs> okay, yeah, I love that. Yeah, there's there's just there's just just this right balance of like just adorability, nice humor, and like just mean kind of edgy humor. Okay, um, and it's just totally it's just totally my vibe. I'm really I'm really super on board with the show. Um, it currently consists of uh, 40 11 minute shorts, and wow. uh, according to Wikipedia, at least. 
Uh, they've been working on a second season since uh, summer 2020, which doesn't surprise me. These shows, especially especially when you're on a kids network, it takes a long time to get these shows out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and and the odds are pretty good that they'll take more than a year to get all the episodes out. Trust me, I've 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 watched Steven Universe as it was coming out, and uh, that was not fun. Yeah, yeah, long, long, like they'll take long breaks and nobody will say anything. And nothing, nothing. Yeah, that was that was me and DuckTales, the new DuckTales. Oh, <gasps> uh, why do they do this to us? Why do they feel like this is okay? Yeah, it's just, so, so basically if you're not, if you're not one of like the main, like, like, it, just basically if you're a cartoon and you're not like Family Guy or The Simpsons, <laughs> you're uh, probably not going to have your show come out Come out, come out early. That, 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 that's why, like, shows will have, like, the, some of these kids' shows will have, like, three seasons, but they took, like, eight years to come out. Yes. Oh <laughs> because, my yeah, God. they'll take super long breaks. But, yeah, I highly recommend giving uh, Meow Meow Heroes of, um, Heroes of Pure Heart a chance if you, if you have the time. It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, a, it's like adorable, but also kind of awesome at the same time because they're fighting all these, like, <laughs> Like I said, like giant rhinos. There's like a, there's like a dinosaur they fight at one point. Something called a jelly monster. Okay, yeah. No, as I don't know. Like as you, you didn't have to go far into this into this description of this of this show for me to be like, no, I need to watch that now. <laughs> I, I'm just I'm surprised it's not being mentioned like in the same breaths as like Steven Universe and Adventure Time. It's like totally that vibe. And how did I miss this? Nobody has. Nobody has. Um, that, that, that's actually the thing I was the most curious about. Like I was like, has Leo seen this show already? No, you really. Like you got me here. You actually got me. <laughs> I, I was just. I was just digging around because I, I. I think. Um. I was on. I was on there, and I found out that there was like this kind of somewhat Steven Universe looking Aquaman, uh, miniseries that came out a few mm. years ago and I was kind of looking at that and in related shows I came across this one and I'm like this looks pretty cool uh-huh. and so I looked into it and I'm like oh my god I'm totally on board with this oh my god I need to watch that. maybe I'll watch that tonight actually it is, it, is, it is fantastic I highly recommend anybody give this a chance <laughs> oh my god yes well I'm sold I, I, cats bats Robot badgers, like I, th- that's all. That was it. That's all I needed. And then you just, <laughs> the rest was just, you know, what is it? Whipped cream at the top, cherry it's, at the top. It's 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 wonderful. I'm putting me in such like a much better mood than I've been in. Like I'm oh. just like this is great. <laughs> and that's why I love cartoons. Here I go again about cartoons and animation. And that's why I love cartoons so much because you know, I don't like they all, while they tackle like you know real stuff, they also make you feel really good, and I love that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, Leo, what have you been watching? You're going to hate me for this. (laughs) (laughs) That's always a great way to start. (laughs) So, a a week or two ago, I can't remember at this point, but I mentioned that I was watching Love is Blind because I love watching trash TV shows with my girlfriend. And we're watching Love is Blind Japan, (laughs) which is the same premise as Love is Blind in the United States, except it's in Japan. However... It is more wholesome and cute. It actually fills me with like those really gross, warm fuzzies inside. Interesting. Yeah, because, oh my God, they are just... The people, the contestants in this show are just a lot cuter than, you know, the, of course, Americans. Because There's a certain type that gets cast in reality shows exactly. in America. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so here everyone's like, oh my God, I hope they, I, like, I hope we hold hands and stuff like that. And I'm like, hold the hands? Like, that's what you're excited about? Oh my God. Like, that's just too cute. And they don't even kiss. Nothing. They just, oh, it's so cute. I hate, I love it. 
I love it. <laughs> I, I, feel, I feel like that's how it goes with most reality shows. Like everybody I've ever talked to about The Bachelor, I was like, oh, I hate it so much, but I also love it. Yeah, I mean, oh my god, I love hate trash TV so much, but this. This is wholesome content right here. I totally recommend Love is Blind Japan. Don't watch any of like the American reality love TV shows aside from The Circle. But watch Love is Blind Japan over the American one because this is just so cute. It just it's killing me. <laughs> but um, I haven't watched anything else because I have been so busy this last week. It's with... been a while. It's been a wild couple of weeks. Yes. I, I think I say that every single every single week now, but it has been. <laughs> yeah. It's always a wild couple of weeks. I mean, that's just what it's like being in a newsroom. It's uh, it's always busy. News doesn't sleep. It doesn't mm-hmm. stop. <laughs> So, yeah, shall we move on to our next segment? Yes, let's do that. All right, so some background on Everybody Hates Chris. It ran from 2005 to 2009, and it aired its first season on UPN and its remaining seasons on The CW. Yeah, I just want to throw out there real quick. It's like I, I, was, I was a little confused myself. Um, mm-hmm. I, think, I think I mentioned Reaper um, a couple when we were talking about uh, Psych. Because mm-hmm. because Ray Wise Ray Wise was on that show and he was in that episode of Psych, um, and I was a little confused as to when the WB became the CW. Mm-hmm. So um, in a move that I think really only interests me, <laughs> I mean I'm going to inflict that on all of you now. I decided to do some research. <laughs> I, 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 I was fixating on this thing, and now you all have to know about it. Yes, but... I am going to give you a quick rundown, just a very quick little origin story for the CW. Now, the CW launched in 2006. Um, it was a joint venture. I was trying to figure. I, I was always. I was, I was always kind of curious what it was. It's a joint venture between the CBS Entertainment Group and the owner, uh, who were the owners of UPN, and Warner Brothers, which gave us the name C for CBS Corporation and W for Warner Brothers. Mm. Um, yeah, I, 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 I thought for. And I, I, I was kind of looking into it too because I was kind of curious. Like, so did UPN cancel Everybody Hates Chris? But it turns out, yeah, it just got moved over to uh, what is Channel Five out here because it was. Because it was on UPN, and UPN kind of imploded because UPN kind of doesn't have the best track record in terms of keeping shows on, on the air. <laughs> it's, it's, it's actually kind of notorious for failed television shows. Oh, wow. Well, I'm glad they moved Everybody Hates Chris off of that because it's a good show. It's a really good show. <laughs> yeah. Dang, that's, that's crazy. I see the CW, and my brain wants to be like cartoon wet work. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Wet work. It's like that's like that's like that's like that's like I think it's like, is that what spies call like assassinations? <laughs> I hope not. That sounds horrible. Because <laughs> I know that I know that's um in like in the in the um the book that the movie The Irishman was based on. That's um like a, the, the 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 Irishman uh, fr- um Robert De Niro's character in the movie um. The the, the 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 book is named after something they would say to him. He was a hitman mm-hmm. for for the for the for the uh, for the for the for the I, 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 for for I think for the mob. And um, what they would say to him in order to ask him to kill somebody is, "I heard you paint houses." <sighs> That's so funny. That with, is yeah, so cool. With, uh, with blood, with it's brains, with blood, yeah. guys. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> So I hear you paint houses. Okay, that's cool. Wet work. I don't like that. <laughs> where, 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 where are we taking this today? I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all over the map. I got I got cute cartoons. I've got CW deep dives, and I've got I've got words for assassination. Obscure. I'm, yeah. I'm talking about Robert De Niro blowing people's brains out. <laughs> Again, it has been a week, so I I don't blame you. I'm also all over the place. 
So, Everybody Hates Chris starred Tyler James Williams, Terry Crews, a legend, Tashina Arnold, uh, Taquan Richmond, Imani Hakim, and Vincent Martella. It focuses on Chris Rock's childhood in the 1980s, living in the New York neighborhood uh, Bedford-Stuyvesant, bed so yeah. And he is going to an all-white school in that neighborhood, so that's going to be fun. Oh yeah, yeah. He has to. Yeah, I think he has to take like multiple multiple bus transfers every morning. He has to, he has to get up like at the crack of dawn mm-hmm. to take like five buses to get to a. I think um, the wiki the, the the wiki page I think uh, referred to uh, Corleone Junior High. Yeah, it's in a yeah. super Italian neighborhood, as evidenced by the name Corleone. Yeah, it's a reference <laughs> to what is it? Uh, that's the the, the Corleone family from uh, The Godfather. There you go. Yeah, I was trying to search in my brain, but it was not happening for me. Um, so yeah, I thought that was a cool little uh, piece of trivia. I think it's like two or three buses that he takes, by it's, the way. It's, 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 it's too some, many. It's, it's, way, it's, way, it's way too many. Honestly, I, it, from where I stand, one bus is too many. Right, though? It's, it's a very stressful experience taking the bus. I hate it. For the record, everybody, I don't think I'm above taking the bus. I just, it stresses me out. I don't like doing it if I can avoid it. What I do hate is trying to catch the bus. I love like the cute, the not the cute. I love like I love the um, just sitting in the in the bus and just vibing because I drive a lot, uh, and and you know it's nice to just be a passenger for once. But yeah, catching the bus, the buses as a con- as a construct, very stressful, horrendous experience sometimes. Everybody hates Corleone is the name of our episode this week. It is season one, episode eighteen. So. Chris has been at Corleone Junior High for a year now at this point, and as we mentioned, an all-white school in another neighborhood. Uh, the reason he's even going to the school is because his mother, Rochelle, wants to send him there so he can get a better education, because apparently white schools equals better education. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, trust me, as a, as, as, a, as a person of color who grew up with, like, a, with majority immigrant family, um, yeah, uh, my family also thought that white e- meant better. White institutions meant better, but... I mean, you know, with the way racism is institutionalized, in some ways that's true, but they do not want to let you in. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> like, like, like they, like they, they want to, they, they want to keep you away from those, those, those better resources if you're not in line with mm-hmm. their ideology. And that's why I like this show and this episode in particular, because. Obviously, it's not the case. He's not getting a good education. Chris is not getting a good education there. He's miserable. Um, he hates it at Corleone. His teachers are racist. They don't like him. Um, he's not getting any restful sleep. And all the kids there don't like him either because, again, he's the only black kid in this all-white school. I truly forgot how much teeth they gave the racism in this show. Like, shows usually hide behind a character, you know, being, like, dumb or of a different generation. They make them, like, kind of goofy. To kind of hide behind, like 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 a good example is Pierce from Community. You know, he's like mm-hmm. a doddering old God. idiot. Yeah, he um, is. and 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 they and they try to make and they try to use that to make it more palatable. This one like really engages with like racism on a street level. Like, what did I? What, maybe I, I guess I can't say if it's exaggerated or not, but it's a little bit. I, I mean, I mean, it, it's played it's played kind of cartoony at times. Like 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 in this like in this, I think he's like, oh my my teachers hated me. Oh, the kids right, hated me. Right. My teachers hated me. Even the lunch ladies hated me. 
and, and it was like and it was like he was like being chased one way by by the kids, another way by the teachers, and then again and then back the other way by the lunch ladies. <laughs> now that of course, yeah, that's what I I also I like that cartoonish element right there. But he, you know, growing up as a, the only black kid in an all white school. It really must have felt like that. Like, it really must have felt like they might as well have been chasing him down the the courtyard or something, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, no, I watched this show when I was little, when I was a kid, because, like, my mom liked to watch it. But I guess I just didn't get the full breadth or the weight of racism in the sh- like how and how it handled racism and how the, its main character was, like, the victim of racism constantly. Like, I just, young me just didn't understand a lot of the world so I was like oh I just like this show it's funny and, but it's it's not shy it is not shy it is not beat around the bush it shows it's racism slurs stereotypes and all from children Chris's age and that's the sinister the sinister part yeah that's what they, yeah, it's, 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 it's definitely really creepy, but the show, I'll talk about it later, but the show really rides a line, a really fascinating and impressive line Oh yeah. because, because it's dark but it is also very, very funny and feels really, really light. They're able to play it off. Yeah, I don't know how it does that. It's it's a good show. <laughs> it's really good. So the only good thing to come out of this situation was meeting Chris's friend, Greg, who asks Chris if he wants to go to the arcade, to which Chris refuses. And now Greg here is, um, he's a nerd. He's, a, he's one of those like quiet kids who hangs out with the other nerds. And um, he gets beat up. But he gets beat up more because he hangs out with Chris, and so they're two, they're together. They're like these two best buds dealing with all the bullies at Corleone. So after Chris refuses to go to the arcade, some girl approaches Chris and Greg and asks if Chris wants to go to the arcade. And Greg's about to decline for Chris when he's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! I didn't say that," you know. <laughs> and so the gal takes Chris by the hand and leads leads them away. Um, when they make it to the arcade entrance, uh, they're they're ambushed by Joey Caruso, Ed, uh, Caruso, their their bully, and 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 his goons with some paint-filled water balloons. How, I just want to know how do you get paint in a water balloon? Yeah, and how do you keep how do you keep it moist that whole time? Yeah, it's gonna dry, right? I mean, it's gonna take a while, but it's gonna dry, right? I mean, I feel though like like if the paint had dried into like a into like a hard paintball. I feel like Crusoe would have been happy. I mean, there there was one time where um, him and his goons like were like pelting Chris with like a sack full, of, or like, like 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 throwing C batteries at him from a sack. It was D batteries. It was D batteries. <laughs> they were packing heavy that day. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. So these kids. Crusoe is a monster. <laughs> truly, Crusoe is a racist little ginger who obviously doesn't get enough love at home, and he's Chris's and Greg's bully. Yeah, I've never. Just, I just want to talk about Joey Crusoe. Let's for a talk second. about him. Um, I've never been able to get over this character and the and the angle they play with him. Because usually, usually a bully character is going to be a little bit is going to be is going to be a little bit. Like I said, not soft, but like a little bit wackier. You know, I mean, yeah. and actually, actually, Crusoe is played kind of goofy. Uh, but you know, he, usually they would just kind of throw out like some jokes about skin color or or stereotypes or something. But like in this, he, Caruso, like let's just not mince words here. Caruso is a full-blooded like white supremacist. He's a baby white supremacist in training, in the making. Oh my goodness! Yeah, like later on in the show, I, I, at some point in the show, I don't, I don't, I, I remember the like my, my brother brought this to my attention, and I I, I remember it happening. I don't remember the context. At some point, um, Caruso 
like presents Chris with a VHS copy of Birth of a Nation, oh which he owns. <gasps> and, uh, and 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 even worse, when he was running, when they were when they were when when Chris and Crusoe were running against each other for class president, in 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 the debate, he paraphrases. And like and like and like when I, when I when I actually learned this piece of information like from a from a history podcast I was listening to I I was like oh my god this is so, it's so much darker but it's also so much funnier oh my he, god so so yeah he um he says um I think some of like like what what flavor what flavor of um or what what is your what is your stance on helping the handicapped and Caruso says ramps ramps today ramps tomorrow ramps forever and everyone's like clapping and cheering. Mm-hmm. Um, that, everybody, in case you're not aware, is a paraphrase of a 1963 address from the, at the time, inaugura- being inaugurated uh, uh, governor of Alabama. Uh, it was, was it, I think it was Alabama or Georgia. Is it Georgia or Alabama? It was one of those two. Some south. So a, a state in the south. Yeah. He was being inaugurated as the governor, and he made a call for segregation forever. And that was a paraphrase of that address. Oh. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Oh. I mean, it's hilarious, but um, it's so dark. Yeah, I, I was like, I was like, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to quote <laughs> Wallace's words here. Yeah, that's okay. You can, you can, you can intuit, you can intuit oh, what yeah. the actual thing was. Just plug in the words. But yeah, that, he was he was paraphrasing George Wallace, who is one of the. One of the one of the one of the most outspoken um, one of the most outspoken segregationists of the civil rights era. Woo! And uh, yeah, they really did not they, they 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 did not shy away from that. So yeah, my headcanon has always been that uh, Caruso's parents are one hundred percent in the KKK. Yeah, they're clan members for <laughs> sure. Because oh my, like it's hilarious how like it, what is it the racism that is being that. Because I, ha- I haven't gotten that far in the show, but the racism that is displayed by Caruso is like so it almost se- it's 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 almost absurd, which makes it funny. But it's not like this probably isn't much of an exaggeration. It's also sad and scary. And like it okay. just really makes you think like earlier w- before we were on we got on mic, you know how you, we were like, oh, yeah, like there's sometimes where I want to laugh and no, you know, or like there's, I feel bad for laughing. There's, or... a, there's a lot of things in the show that you'll 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 laugh out loud about and then you kind of like think about it later. And you're like, ah, oh, that's pretty dark. Yeah. Um, uh, Chris's teacher, Miss Morello. Um, is 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 a is a is a is a is a is a, um, is a great example of this. Um, you know, I, I, I know I know. At one point, you said like his te- his teachers are racist and don't like him. Um, I think the don't like him part, I would I would push back on that because because I, 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 I do think on some level, I, I I think she's very she's very she's very she's very um, reductive hmm. and definitely definitely has definitely has a lot of ra- there's a lot of racism going on in her. But I think she does care. She does, mm. she does. She does. She does. Step out of her way to try to help Chris as much as she can. Right. But she always goes about it in the wrong way and makes a lot of assumptions about his life. Yeah, and that's the racism at play. That's the um, the embedded racism in in in, in everybody that that's born in in this in this in this world now. So yeah, like even when you. Even when you're meaning, when you mean well, you can still be. You, there's still a high chance of you being racist or problematic in some way. Like, and, and, for, and, and the further end of the show we get, I don't really want to get into exactly how that how that is, but you, we, 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 it's definitely revealed that Miss Morello definitely has a complex uh, relationship with black men. Yeah, 
There's, oh my there's, God. A, there's a lot going on there. I mean, don't all white folk. Just kidding. Anyways, um, <laughs> back to the paint-filled water balloons. Um, after after Chris is done being pelted with uh, paint-filled water balloons, uh, and you know, there's an added slur from Caruso, which every episode, every encounter, it's it's a new slur. And I'm like, how do you, how do you? Like, my girlfriend was like, does he stay up late at night thinking about this? Yeah, I mean, this one. Like, we, 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 I don't think you really need to like repeat the language. No, um, no, but, definitely but, not. Yeah, but this, but this, this one, this one kind of drops like a lead weight because usually he's doing like pop culture references. Mm-hmm. You know, he'll call him like like later on in this episode he calls him Dolomite. <laughs> you know, like yeah, that, that kind of thing. But no, he he just he just he just drops he just drops an actual just straight mm. on the street slur. Well, in the first episode, they they drop the n word. The in episode oh, right. one. They go hard. They make sure that Caruso's face is shown when he says when he drops the N word, and I'm like, oh my god! It was. I'm, I'm willing to bet that like that like that like that like CBS is like, okay, show you get one of those, <laughs> and then they were like, okay, let's do it with the with the pilot. <laughs> Jesus, yeah. Um, the show's heavy. It's heavy, but it doesn't feel that way. That's that's, that's it that's doesn't the though. That's, that, that's what's really fascinating about it. Yeah, like talking about it and the themes that that gets heavy. But like when you're watching it, you're like, oh, this is funny and light. But it's not. I love it. I don't know. It's 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 it um it just it handles it quite nicely. Um, so that's all the last straw. And Chris is like, this is it. I need to leave this school. And then we cue the opening theme, which is a jam. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um, so Chris makes it home and his mom asks him what happened and he tells her that he doesn't want to go back to Corleone and he tells her how much he hates it uh, nobody likes him he's always tired and always getting picked on and beat and like this poor kid this poor kid is literally experiencing trauma every single day and it is exhausting facing what he does daily and he's likely dealing with depression and anxiety which is probably why he's so tired and like doesn't get a restful night's sleep he's literally going through trauma repeated daily yeah he down he downplays it by making it about time but mm. i'm fairly certain yeah d- depression and anxiety have to be have to be at play it has to be because when i was in a wider environment <laughs> oh my goodness and when only when i left that environment did i realize like oh right i couldn't be myself i couldn't feel myself i couldn't feel comfortable so it was like really dealing with me physically and emotionally um to 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 what Chris says, um, Rochelle tells him that one he can't quit. If and two that they didn't send him to Corleone to be happy. Her rationales are wild. I <laughs> hate it. <laughs> the stuff she comes up with is out of, out it's of hand. It's such a slippery slope. Always, it's a slippery slope with her. It's so funny because Rochelle reminds me of my mom a lot. <laughs> I love Rochelle, but I have a complicated relationship with my mother. Um, like even in this instance where she's she's just like dismissing his his problems and all that stuff um chris chris asks why he simply can't go to the to the school in their neighborhood and rochelle says that that school is full of delinquents and future convicts um she changes the subject and flips things around on him and this is where I see the. I feel like my mother is speaking to me, asking him how he ended up with paint all over him. Anyways, and she puts the fault on him. If he had just come straight home from school and did what he was supposed to do, then he wouldn't have ended up in this situation. And then she gives him the usual "life isn't easy" pep talk, and he just sadly and silently accepts it. 
it's really sad the face that he his the expression on his face when she's just like you know you it, you gotta you gotta roll with these punches. But like, really, what else can he do? He's just a kid. He's just a, he has no control over his life. And he's just a kid experiencing daily overt and covert racism at an institution that he is told that is supposed to be good for him. He isn't allowed to go there, go to the systematically underfunded school in the obviously red line part of town that he lives in. He is alienated from the other kids that look like him because Rochelle stereotypes those kids that attend the school in his neighborhood. It's not the kid's fault that they're placed in the system. That is literally against their success. And the whole thing about Rochelle is like she's like so focused on status and appearance and tries to make it seem like her family isn't struggling to stay afloat just as much as all the other families in the neighborhood. You know, they're all struggling. It's all very unhealthy and it feels really bad in a sort of familiar way that I don't like. Yeah, she's very. Um, I yeah, I think um, I think the 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 phrase the phrase that the phrase that Chris Rock uses. Because by, by the way, in case you're not familiar with the show, Chris Rock, Chris oh, right. Chris, Chris Chris Rock is a very hands-on narrator. He will he will kind of interact. But nobody nobody. I mean, it's it's not that they, that the other characters know that he's there. <laughs> They'll just um, but but he'll but he'll just be kind of there, like directly on a street level, like riffing on the on the actual on the actual like events that are happening. Yeah. Like he's like kind of remembering them in real time mm-hmm. and kind of talking to his memories. Yeah, or screaming screaming at his memories. I should say, he's shouting Definitely at his memories. Screaming. Yeah, because yeah, he's very he's he's very he's very he's very loud and very like he's he's using he's using his uh, Marty the Zebra voice from Madagascar. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about Madagascar. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, yeah. It's, um, yeah. Looking back on your childhood, on a very unpleasant childhood, is uh, quite an experience. Um, so Julius, their, uh, Chris's father, he comes home and asks what happened to Chris, but Rochelle says that nothing happened, and apparently this is common in the household. Here's another thing I'm going to comment on. <laughs> Can we focus on how the children's trauma is minimalized and set aside by one parent as so as not to inconvenience or burden the other parent and like can we also talk about how what that may do to a children to children to the children's psyche like these children are literally suffering in pain and going getting through injuries and then their 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 experiences are being minimalized and and you know pushed under the rug how is that going to make them feel about their own self-worth you know um, and can we also like focus on how working families have this weird balance of compromising comforts or like deciding which situations are worth a burden of both parents' attention? I just I hate capitalism and how it at the core just completely tears families apart and just gives everybody just leaves everybody with a whole lot of like mental illness and and yeah. bad coping mechanisms. I was gonna say real quick though. I mean, I, I, obviously, all of that is true what you just said. But I, um, <laughs> the, the, this, this is this is an example of one of my favorite things that this that this show does uh-huh. um, because because the, the the way the way they demonstrate how um, Rochelle doesn't like to bother Julius with things um, is one of is what it's it, it's honestly almost like a patented thing that everybody hates Chris. Like a, they they do like these they do like these three beat uh, three beat jokes. Mm-hmm. Um, they start off with one. And then there will be another one that's that's pretty reasonable, and then a third one that's just absolutely <laughs> absurd. So in this one, it was uh, the first beat was the paint was Chris with the paint balloons. Mm-hmm. You know, Julius walks by. What's going What's going on? Oh, nothing. 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 Um, 
or the time that Tanya got hit by a bus. And she's and then she's 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 in a cast. She has like a neck brace on. She's all messed up. What, what happened? Oh, nothing. Or the time that Drew had his legs cut off, and he, <laughs> no. they wheel him in, in a wheelchair with no legs, but he clearly has legs. One of my favorites is when um I think um I think uh, Chris Rock is talking about how his mom think thought that everything could be solved with Robitussin. Oh, I remember that one. <laughs> oh, Chris got hit by a car. Oh my God. I'll get the Robitussin. <laughs> That's literally my grandma's with VapoRub. <laughs> yeah, those three beats are like some of my favorites the entire show. I, I love when the show gets like, when the show gets surreal. Yeah, me too. No, uh, like uh, I love how how you say he's, he interacts with his memories and and how from, uh, we're seeing this from like Chris's perspective as a kid, but also from his perspective as an adult, remembering back to when he was a kid. And then I love when they switch to these 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 wild situations like that and it it does come in threes and greatly appreciate that it's it's really good this show is just amazing i'm gonna keep saying this throughout the entire episode (laughs) anyways julius got a new job down at the fish market and it pays more than his two jobs combined two god two jobs i remember my dad had to work two to three jobs it's a lot so Julius will have better hours, and they'll be able to afford a little more now. Even just a co- Oreos. Oh, just Oreos. <laughs> Name brand Oreos. Everything else, off-brand. So, one of my favorite bits, though, the, the show, they, 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 they kind of call, call back to it a little bit. Um, it's how they have this, how they, they buy the off-brand stuff. Yes. But it's, but, and, and it's just, like, straight, like, it's, like, it's, like, the most generic. It's, it's in, like, a white container <laughs> yeah. with just the, in, in black text, what it is. Cola. And it, get, and it gets weird. Like, one of my favorites was, um, was like, um, or I think, um, I think, um, the little sister Tanya asked, like, can we get some? Can we? Can we? Um, or they? Or they? Or they? Or they? No, she's like, can I? Can I get some? Can I get? Um, can I have some cookie? And and it turns out that yeah, it wasn't. It it, it was. It wasn't. It was, it's not cookies. It's not. A, it's not a box of cookies or a jar of cookies. It was a giant cookie in a foil package. <laughs> And like I'm, I'm like I really I really I really have I really have questions as to like what, like like what the structure of this cookie is right because because the because the, the the warning that Rochelle gives Tanya is like she says um um can I can I can I have some cookie and just all right but don't suck out all the chocolate chips like last time what? I'm like what is this cookie oh my god <laughs> I relate to the whole generic brand stuff we used to get what is it Doctor Shasta and. What are the other name? I can't remember the other name brands. Big K, big uh, is it called Big K? We would just always get off-brand um, um, sodas, and it was just it was just like Big K and Shasta, and it was just not. <laughs> it was not oh yeah, one stuff. of the nastiest things I ever had in my entire life. My my uh, my dad went through a period where he wanted to get it was it was always like off-brand stuff because mm. what because it's it's the it's the same it's the same it's it's, it's the exact same thing and actually it's that's why like I I just like. Laugh through the pain really hard. There's a there's a there's a scene in a King of the Hill episode where Bobby, where 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 Bobby's like is like kind of frustrated that Hank is always like pinching pennies. Mm-hmm. And at one point he's like he's like um and we're and um and, and every day at dinner anyone who says they can tell the difference between this and real Coca Cola is lying. Mm. I tell you what. Oh my god. <laughs> like, that's, that's, that was like oh my god that was my dad. Uh, we um his 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 brand of choice was um. Uh, Sam's Cola. That was the. That's the name brand from uh, Sam's Club and Walmart. Oh, Sam. We used to. So when we used to shop at Sam's Club, that's what we would get. Okay, yeah, yeah, thank, d- you. Di- thank you. Diet Sam's. Diet Sam's tastes like vomit. It tastes Ew. like actual vomit. It is the worst. I don't drink diet, so <laughs> <laughs> sounds like a personal problem. <laughs> <laughs> 
Just kidding. Um, yeah. Oh, my God. Off-brand stuff. Woo. That's fun. That took me down memory lane. <laughs> so now they'll be able to afford Oreos. And they decided that they should celebrate by going to an amusement park, which was is was formerly out of the out of the question, you know, budget wise. We're back at Corleone. Chris and Greg are walking to school and they're talking about how Chris can get himself kicked out of school because he's just done. He's his last resort. I'll get suspended. I'll kicked out. Whatever. I just can't do it anymore. Greg, um, while he's while they're talking about this, Greg expresses some anxiety about being left alone at Corleone, and and he's, he 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 asks Chris like, how different is that other school going to be? <laughs> I love this. <laughs> and then Chris imagines classes in, at, at his neighborhood junior high as a whole like Soul Train sequence <laughs> with uh, with Tim Meadows Hosted by the by way. Tim Meadows. Yes. Shout he's out to a, Tim Meadows. A, he is a, yeah, I had that in my notes too. I, I, was, I, was, I, was, I, was, I was like so happy to see him. <laughs> like he's the, 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 the I, I, I remember primarily. There's, there's a lot of things I've seen him in. But Me too. Yeah. I um I think I think uh, the for, my formative like the thing I saw Tim Meadows in was the movie uh, Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story with John C. Riley. Ooh yeah. Um, and he's the he's the guy that gets Dewey Cox into uh, into drugs. <laughs> you don't want no part of this. <laughs> for me. <laughs> For me, I want to say it's Mean Girls, where everybody, all the girls are going wild, and he's like, oh, hell no, I did not leave the South for this. And he takes a bat, and he goes out of his office. It's good. Oh, my God. It's so good. Tim, Tim Meadows is like a really like understated, hilarious actor. Like 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 he will he will steal. He will steal the show. <laughs> yeah. Anything he pops up in. He's 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 the, he's the best. SNL SNL, um, by the way, everybody. Yeah. Oh, my um, God. He's just great. As soon as I saw him, I went crazy. I was like, hey, that's my boy. Like, anytime I see him on screen, I go wild. So I'm right there. Yeah, I said it's uh, Tim, Tim Meadows, Tim Meadows, Tim Meadows. Um, I think it, I think it was um, he, he offered him a lifetime supply of um, it was it was like it was like Afro Afro gel Af- Afro gel Afro something uh, some kind of hair product I can't recall if he if he can unscramble the name <laughs> of the explorer who sailed on the Nina the the, the Nina the Pete on the Santa Maria <laughs> and it was Columbus and oh my God and then like you know the whole Soul Train dance and sequence. he just dan- dances into the crowd as it cuts <laughs> yes oh it was it was a vibe Tyler James Williams is a really good dancer yeah. You, 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 you can tell just just for that one moment. Just, I mean, I haven't seen him in a whole lot of stuff. It's th- this and um, The Walking Dead. He was on The Walking Dead for a while. By the way, so was Vincent Martella, the kid who plays the the guy who plays um, Greg. Stop. Yeah, they, they, they didn't. Yeah, they, they never met, but they were both for a little while on that show. Dude, they should have been. They should have been a whole thing. <laughs> that should have been a whole thing with them. That would have been perfect. I would have watched more of The Walking Dead if they did that. Um. We've, we move on to Rochelle and the kids, uh, Drew and Tanya. Um, they're setting up the dining table when Rochelle smells something foul. Julius is back from his first day at the job at, at the fish market, and he reeks of pierced ears and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> and let me just tell you, that description literally, like, gave me the grossest feeling in my stomach. It, oh. I love dumb. <laughs> you smell like curry tube socks. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just trying to hold my composure because that is so gross. This, this whole running gag is like the, it's like the funniest thing to me when he's the, I, there's there's like there's like there's like there's like this like they 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 give they give like the stink like its own like musical motif. Yeah. 
Like there's like this, there's like this like 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 low brass that they play in the background whenever Julius walks in. <laughs> the stink sound. <laughs> I love, I love, I love, to, I love to, I love to. He he walks past, uh, he walks past the uh, like the, the one of the one of the homeless guys in the neighborhood. Um, kill moves. Kill moves. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. His name, he's, he's, um, he, he's, um, he's, um, he's named Kill Moves because, um, the first time we meet him, it's in the episode called um, "Everybody Hates the Laundromat," and uh. he walks up to Drew, who is obsessed with. Uh, so that's Chris's. That's Chris's younger brother, who everyone thinks is his older brother, by the way. Anybody who's familiar, taller. Uh, played by Zaquan Richmond, who, and he's great. Honestly, the whole the whole cast is great. The whole cast is great. Um, but yeah, it, he he's he's obsessed with like with like with like um like Hong Kong like kung fu movies. Mm-hmm. And so he's like really obsessed with like martial arts and like imitating what he sees. Mm-hmm. And so they're all kind of like hanging out at the laundromat. And uh, and Kill Moves walks up to Drew and says, "Hey kid, you want to learn some Kill Moves?" Oh my! <laughs> and then from that from that day forward, the show he is referred to. He's referred to That's as Kill Moves. He's one of the. He's one of the. He's one of like the main. Uh, he's one of the main like 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 people from the like the, the main like group in the neighborhood because you'll find mm-hmm. like you'll find like um you know there's 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 Doc who runs the store that Chris works at later mm-hmm. on. Uh, Monk, who is usually at the, uh, who's, who's, um, oh yeah, well, Monk, who I think works at, I think, yeah, I, th- I think he works at the shop mm-hmm. also, who's like, a, who's like an ex-military guy, or at least he claims he's ex-military. Yeah. He might just, he might just have that, he might just have that angle. Um, I don't remember his name, but he's played by J.B. Smoove, who, um, who's the, who, who works at the barbershop. Oh, okay. Um, and there's that, there's that, there's that, there's that kid who has a crush on Tanya. <laughs> Whose name I actually, whose name I can't remember. Oh, I can't remember his name either. But, but yeah, he's but yeah, but but yeah, Kill Kill Moves is like one of like the Ben Stuy <laughs> Ben Stuy like gang. Okay, cool. Just some of the regulars in the in the neighborhood. I like that. Kill Moves. Oh my god. <laughs> I love Kill Moves. His name makes me laugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I used to know a guy named T Bone. So Julius comes in and nobody can handle that stench. Although Julius seems unfazed, like I think he's nose blind to it. It happens. Yeah, uh, yeah. I there, 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 it. I, when I started working at Krispy Kreme, uh, the, the 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 kind of sickly sweet smell that you had that, mm-hmm. that, that kind of pervades that entire place mm-hmm. used to drive me crazy. But I don't even like. I, I think like on because I, I work three days a week now, and when I go in for my first the first day of my week after the entire week being off mm-hmm. for like ten minutes, I smell it again, and then it goes away because I'm just oh. I'm just used to it at that point. Yeah. Dang, that's wild. But yeah, I, 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 I think I forgot to finish the thought earlier. But yeah, he, he walks he walks he walks past. Kill moves. Who is a homeless man? Yeah, yeah. Um, portrayed as very, very, very dirty, and and and, and, he, and he actually like kind of like hails in the street. Man, you stink! <laughs> so a stinky homeless person telling somebody that they stink. That's I get it. I or, get there, the or, there, or there's like or there's like I love too how there's like a um there's like just like a disembodied voice somewhere where someone's like some something's dead. That's <laughs> <laughs> just have you busting up. <laughs> Everybody, everybody would, did not. They didn't want to deal with any of Julius's new smell. It's it's funny. It was it's a good running gag throughout this whole episode. Like it really, it brought me back to 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 good feels whenever we were contrasted with or confronted with bad feels. Um, uh, Julius says that everyone is just going to have to get used to the smell because the job just has too many perks. And I, could, I, I, I understand having to like sacrifice some things and get some creature comforts for, you know, for money. We all been there. So Chris spends the day doing all kinds of things, trying to get expelled, but nothing is working. He actually spends days. He's, uh, he spends days uh, doing all kinds of things to try and get expelled, but nothing is working. Um, tagging Chris was here. Um, H-E-A-R on a wall. An English teacher comes out and corrects his spelling. It's, it's H-E-R-E, Chris. 
never was good at spelling. <laughs> that was funny. That was hilarious. Um, pulling the fire alarm and incidentally saving a class from... Blowing uh, up, I guess. From, the chemistry has no idea what he was doing. Yeah. And my favorite's the last one. <laughs> and prot... <laughs> Oh, and protesting the Pledge of Allegiance, you know, with with, with he's got the he's got the black gloves on, the 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 dark sunglasses, and he's got he's got the the fist up in the air. I, I love the shot. He, it it, show, it, show, it shows Chris doing this, and the camera's kind of like rotating. Yeah. And I thought I thought that I thought that protesting the Pledge, Pledge of Allegiance would do it for sure. Guess I was wrong. And we find right in front of him, Miss Morello wearing gloves of the same kind is also <laughs> protesting the Pledge of She's also putting up the black pl- the black power fist, and it uh, uh, like I laughed, but I was so tired. I was, you know, when somebody makes a pun and you just you just ugh. I was laughing and and simultaneously doing that. that. That's that's that character all over. Like she really thinks she's helping. I know she, she's trying to be supportive, but she's appropriating uh, things, and it's it's a mess. Ooh. Yeah, white folk take notes. Don't be like her. <laughs> just please. Miss Morello just kills me though. She's, she's funny. She's really funny. She's funny. She's a wacky little little whitey. <laughs> so, what does get Chris though is when he finally snaps at Caruso and throws his textbook at him. However, that goes wrong, as is expected whenever whenever Chris throws anything at Caruso. And the textbook flies out the window and onto a teacher's windshield, causing an accident. And gets that, that gets him. So, Rochelle is upset with Chris, but she is still not listening to him. Rochelle says, if you were reading the book, instead of throwing the book, maybe, put it, maybe people wouldn't have the time to mess with you. And I hate that. I hate it so much. Every time, she's always just turning the blame back on him. And I'm like, he can't. Yeah, her 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 her, her messed up logic um, really kills me. It's, I hate it's, it. It's, <laughs> I hate it's gaslighting so hard. It's gaslighting. It's flipping the script. It's it's just like, bro, I am just trying to live. I do not want to be around this anymore. And you are just telling me that it's my fault. It's so sad. It's funny, she, she's clearly, but it's sad. She's clearly because um, because she because she she she's this takes place this takes place in the eighties. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. yeah, you can definitely you can definitely see on her like it, it's it's no excuse, but you can definitely see the kind of stuff she's lived through and the stuff she has oh, yeah. internalized. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, and that's that was another thing I had that was like in the back of my mind as I was watching this. I was like thinking like wow that's something that they've internalized you know from where when they were great growing up yeah they, they i think her her and julius i don't think i don't think maybe they were either young adults or they grew up during the height of the civil rights movement I julius mean. yeah um and that's why chris doesn't want to bring up these things he doesn't want to bring up like oh i'm experiencing racism at school because he doesn't want to bring that up to his father who lived through it through school at the height of that of that of the civil yeah, rights the, movement. Yeah, the, the era where if a black person wanted to go to a white school, they would send the military yeah. after you. Yeah. This is when people were getting literally scalped by the the, the, the water pressure of the of the fire truck hoses. They were losing teeth. and Oh, my. <sighs> Sorry. Thinking about that stuff is a lot. Um it's traumatizing. Big time. Yeah, yeah sorry. I, I've, I've never, yeah, I, that's that's I I, I um every, every time I hear more and more about the civil rights era and segregation and stuff, 
I just I can never get my head around the thought process. Like like what like what white people? What do you want? <laughs> white people? What is your problem? Why, why 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 is this so important to you? What is happening? Oh my god! It's <sighs> racism is so much. Racism is so bad. Oh yeah, obviously, but like it's just ooh, discussing it. Like watching it is is. Watching it is on on a TV show is one thing, and then like processing it and talking about it is a whole nother thing. Like I said already, <sighs> but yes. So Rochelle continues to dismiss <laughs> Chris's problems, and of course he's not going to want to bring up his problems like in detail because again he doesn't want to feel like he's complaining to people who had it worse, or that he you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so. During his, for his punishment, Chris will not be spending his suspension slacking off. It's going to be chores and work for the entire time. So Chris gets sent to his room, and Rochelle wraps everything in the house with plastic so the fish smell doesn't seep in. And, you know, Chris is going up there to um, prepare. They're, they're both preparing for Julius to come home. Chris is preparing to get a whooping, and, of course, Rochelle's uh, preparing for the smell. I love, I love Chris um, looking, <laughs> looking, looking, looking at his dad's like collections of like ceremonial punishment belts. This he has, is he has the a, best. He has, he has a belt. He has a belt for like eat for like individual infractions. Mm-hmm. There's like there's the lion. There's a lion belt. The stealing belt. The got someone pregnant belt. <laughs> and then finally there was the the worst of all of them, the doing drugs belt. Which it shows the belt and then it pans down to reveal a holster with a little revolver in it. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's so funny because I was full on expecting getting got someone pregnant to have the gun, <laughs> but maybe that's different for for you know people who are assigned male at birth and the people who are assigned female at birth. So because <laughs> that was the worst thing I could could have done was get pregnant when I was a kid or damn teenager. Um, and it's little it's little things like that. It's little things like that in the show that really like give it that charm. It's hilarious. That's how it really like lets the steam out when after, you know, there's these just really sad things going on or, you know, Chris experiences, you know, something really bad and then we we get a visual gag and it's like, "Oh, my my anxiety is gone now." Relax a little now, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so Julius comes home to tons of incense and candles. Um, he did buy groceries and 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 Rochelle's favorite treat. Her but turtles. Her turtles. She loves the turtles. You don't you, you don't mess with Rochelle's turtles. That's funny. You don't mess with my mom's turtles. My mom loves turtles too. It's just I'm telling you, Rochelle reminds me of my mom so much. It's weird. And um, so she takes a bite of the turtle. It tastes like turtle. It tastes like fish. It tastes like legit turtle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> turtle tastes like turtle. <laughs> Turtles are good, though. Oh, my goodness. I, I can see why moms are obsessed with them. Um, Rochelle asked Julius to talk. Oh, after after the whole fish and and taste and, and incense fiasco, Rochelle asked Julius to go talk to Chris because he got suspended. Uh, Julius thinks, you know, this is the type of talking where he has to whoop him. Uh, but, but no, Rochelle says that Julius needs to actually talk to Chris this time. No, no whoopings, please. Um... Julius sits down by Chris and asks him what's going on. Chris immediately says that he hates the school and it gets worse every day. He tries to tell his dad and try to like he tries to show his dad or plead with his dad like he just doesn't want to go back. And Julius tells him that he can't just quit something just because he doesn't like it. And I hate that so much. I hate when par- I hate when parents gaslight me 
Especially when he also decides to throw in a little bit of gendering, too. Literally, You're a man. Men don't quit. Yeah, and that's exactly because. So Chris is like, OK, but mom quits her job all the time. And then Julius almost almost gets stuck for like a beat. And he's like, but you're a man. Men don't quit. And it's like, OK, cool. Throw some toxic masculinity and patriarchy in on that. Yeah. It's just every time I don't like do you have you noticed that every time you try to like bring up something like against a parent or like an authority figure, they're just like, well, it's different because of this. And it's like, you're just choosing, you're just picking and choosing what applies to what situation at this point. And if all else fails, well, you're being disrespectful now. Sorry, I'm sensitive about parents. (laughs) I'm almost 30 years old and I'm still... (laughs) Everybody has parent issues, mommy and daddy issues. All right, so then Julius goes on for 45 minutes, <laughs> a 45-minute lecture asking, what if, insert historical figure, quit? Yeah, yeah he, gets, he gets beyond historical figures, too. Like he, like he, I, I, I like to think, because it, it, it is actually 45 minutes. So there's, there's a card that appears on the screen 45 minutes yeah. later. Um, yeah, he just, goes, he, just go, he just goes off on a list. He starts off with, like, Martin Luther King and George Washington Carver. And eventually, like, it goes it cuts to 45 minutes later, and, 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 and starts asking things like, what if Catherine Jackson quit making kids? They might be the Jackson 3. <laughs> or what if Cool from Cool and the Gang quit? You think they would have gotten a record contract? They were just called the gang? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, where is he? I, 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 just, I just like to think that he just went all the way through history and just got to the early 80s now. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. Okay, thank you. I'm glad. <laughs> I was like, man, this guy really memorized his historical figures in chronological order. Yeah, this, this, this is like a running gag with Julius where he'll 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 drive home a point to absolute excess. One of my favorites thing was a there's a Christmas episode. Oh boy. Where I think they're they're I think um I think Tanya and Drew I think they're the ones who were upset because they're they're not gonna get as many or any gifts for uh, for for Christmas, mm. and he just goes off, and he's just like, and he's just like, and he's just like, um, he's just like, oh yeah, the, um, that carpet over there is a gift, food's a gift, the roof is a gift, oh. air conditioning's a gift. Or one time, Chris uh, Chris asks for an allowance, and he's like, well, I allow you to live in my house, Bro. I allow you to eat my green beans, <laughs> I allow you to. <laughs> That's literally, okay, that's literally the tactics my mom would use, too. I'm like, I didn't get any of this. And she's be like, okay, well, I gift you to, I gift you the roof over your head. I'm like, okay, whatever. Okay, I'm done. I'm sorry. Sorry I complained. Sorry I expressed any dissatisfaction with any of my situations. But it'll, it'll always come, too, with, like, a like a, like a transition. It'll, it'll give you, like, however much time later. And mm-hmm. it gets, like, more and more absurd. Like, yes. I think, like, I think with, like, the allowance one, I think it was, like, eight, I think it was, like, eight hours or something like that. Oh, God. And, like, it was actually, like, legitimately, <laughs> like, it was legitimately, like, um like nighttime. Like, he was yelling at him at the table. Everybody else had gone to bed. He's still there ranting and raving. Chris is asleep. <laughs> He, like in this one, he falls asleep. Yeah, he's, he's, he's asleep, and he's and then and then he's just like, "All right, I'm done." And Chris gets up and lumbers off the bed, and, it, and then that's it. And then that's that was the lecture, everybody. <laughs> yeah, Julius is funny. The char- Julius as the char- as a character is funny. It's one thing I forgot to mention earlier. I love when he walks into the house when, and she has like everything saran wrapped, and he's able to like right right out of the gate. This is fourteen dollars worth of plastic wrap. Yeah, because he has like the sixth sense. <laughs> he knows exactly how much anything costs at any given time, which actually is something that I think uh, Drew picked up. There's a there's a there's a thing where I think Chris says that. Um, that he knows that that, that like that Drew Drew it, it's not about money with Drew but Drew knows like Drew can tell how many things are in a are in a um, or the thing it's like oh that's um 
That's however many. That's however many pieces of cereal. That's however many jelly beans. That's one cupcake. <laughs> that's one cupcake. <laughs> <laughs> I hate God. Oh my God. Oh, that's funny. Um, the thing about Drew, they say he's not book smart. He's not school smart, but he is a genius in other ways. And I love that they have this one sibling. So there's the eldest parentalized emergency parent sibling. There's the the baby who's the baby, and then there's the middle child. There's the really dysfunctional middle child, or the dysfunctional in 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 you know today's like by today's by society basically dysfunctional and unproductive to society's what is it motives and and objectives. But this kid is a genius. Yeah, so he's he's great in other aspects and it's really funny because my sister is the who, who's the middle child is not school smart <laughs> but she is really 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 good at lashing she's good at all kinds of other things she is so creative she's a visionary and yeah, yeah. what i love about drew too is the fact that it would be really easy to like have him be like a, a like a jerk and a bully yeah because 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 that's kind of the joke with with drew is that he is he's chris's little brother but he kind of like outpaced him in terms mm-hmm. of like growing, so he's taller than he is. And he's yeah. better at basketball, and all and all, and all the girls in the neighborhood like him. Um, and like he just like he it it doesn't seem to have particularly like totally gone to his head. He's not a jerk about it at all. He's really he's actually he's actually a really he's like he's he's actually he's actually really sweet and kind of goofy. Himbo energy then. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. All right. Yeah. Um, it's really funny because like my sister Amanda's taller. She's beautiful and she's always pulling guys like i'm like how are you how (laughs) how did i come first looking like this and being like this and you came out second with all that how'd you do that how'd you manage that it's not fair (laughs) uh yeah siblings love them hate them can't live without them so julius finally gets to the point and says if Chris quits, he lets them win. Who's them? I don't know. But Chris says it's not about winning and losing. It's just that he really just wants to go to a different school. And that to that, Julius is like, okay, I'll talk to your mom. I'm like, what? Weird. That's, okay, all it, yeah. that's all it took? Okay. So Rochelle goes on one of her slippery slope tangents about Chris quitting uh, quitting school and that, that not teaching him how to be a man and then him... Chris not being taught how to be a real man through Julius and Julius like what what would it mean if Julius can't you know teach Chris to be a man what would, would mean it mean I picked the wrong husband if we're gonna let people go around thinking that I picked the wrong husband oh my god I'm like bro <laughs> calm <about> down <laughs> yeah Ooh, and then Julius tells Rochelle that Chris simply isn't happy with Corleone, and she and, and and she she just she just won't budge until until Julius mentions that maybe they can look for schools that they can pay for since he's making more money now. After looking at a couple of schools, uh, Chris's Chris's parents give him give in and agree to him just attending the neighborhood school that on on the condition that he gets A's and B's. That's Lamar's Lamont Stanford Junior High. First of all, A's and B's. My conditions were always A's. I never got B's for a luxury. I never had a B option. So that is a good deal for me. But yes, uh, Sanford. What was it? L- L- Lamont Sanford. Lamont. That is, uh, Sanford. That, yeah, that is um, that is the that is the name of the son in Sanford and Son. 
I was wondering. <laughs> I was like, Sanford. Tim's watching the Sanford thingy. I wonder if that's a reference. So it's a reference. Cool. Lamont, yeah, cool. Lamont's in the sun. <laughs> that's funny. Wow. <laughs> Just the weird, the weird huh. pop culture reference schools. Well, Corleone Junior High in the yeah. Italian neighborhood. And then Bed-Stuy has, the, mm. has Lamont Sanford Junior High. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> I like this show. I really like this show. That's funny. So, Julius is walking home, and this is where he's clearing out the neighborhood with his stench. The the the, the and the family is over it. Like the the everybody's closing their windows in the neighborhood. Everybody is just running away from him. Everyone's like, "Man, you are disgusting." And he finally makes it to his house and and the family can't deal with it anymore. Don't let him up. <laughs> Rochelle locked him out. He's not being let upstairs. Yeah, he's not being let upstairs. Even, even the kids and the kids are piling on now. Like, well, what about what about what about Great Escape? We don't want to go anywhere with you. Literally, <laughs> they just can't do it anymore. And she she Rochelle asked Julius to quit, and Julius is like, "What kind of example is I going to set for the kids?" And and he nearly goes on another tangent. But Rochelle nips it in the bud. And then he see that's when the kids are are in on it too. They're like, We can't do it. We can't we don't even want to be with you, Dad. We are done. And poor man. Poor guy. After that, Chris runs into Greg at school while while Chris's mom is there picking up, you know, documents for his transfer. Um they're catching up and Greg isn't being bullied because he's not hanging around with Chris anymore and he's feeling lonely because he's not being beat or bothered you or You know something though? I feel that one. Oh. I feel that one hard. See, yeah, I, I wasn't I wasn't really I wasn't really the bullied kid when I was in school. I was the invisible kid. And uh. um Hmm. Yeah, it's obviously it's not a good thing to get. Or it, 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 being bullied is not a good thing. It's it's good to not get beaten up every day, shoved in trash cans, and you know have your lunch money stolen. Mm-hmm. But honestly, I, I I do I do feel it because being ignored entirely by most people around you, it's it's its own it's it, it, it is own kind of it's it, it's its own kind of hell in a different category. Damn. Yeah. I feel that. Dang. What. Yeah, poor Greg. Then, so I guess I could see I I could see more from his perspective now because I remember in the show, yeah, Chris, old older Chris, the narrator, he's like, must be like you must must be something must be wrong or something like that if you're missing an ass whooping. So. <laughs> I kind of I, I, I the, Greg, Greg is one of my favorite, is, is another one of my favorite characters in the show because I like I I, I kind of like the way he like deals with things, which is kind of like not dealing with them out loud. He's very he he always sounds like he's trying to like downplay things and laugh things off mm-hmm. even though you can tell something is ripping him up inside poor kid like like like, like you know for a fact he's really gonna miss chris when he leaves yes but 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 like he but he's always always got a smile on his face yeah, trying but, to trying to downplay it but you can tell he's holding it back you can tell right here in this he's really really like he really does not want and his Vincent friend. Martella is really good in the show yeah I, I noticed that i was like wow this kid actor is really conveying a lot of emotion <laughs> But yeah, no, like he, of course he's going to miss his only friend at school. Also, my girlfriend and I, here we go. Here we go again. My girlfriend and I are like, oh my God, they're little boyfriends. But anyways, let's get, let's get past that. I'm just over here gaying everything up. Um, So Chris decides to get a feel for his new school and he walks by Lamont Sanford Junior High. It's a bad experience, to say the least. Um, a couple of really old junior hires end up jumping Chris, and he finds himself missing Greg in this moment. I love this shot. I love the way they reveal this. Because, um, yeah, it, it, basically, um, he walks up to the school. He doesn't even get inside, by the way. He's outside. Yeah, um, he's outside. He's outside, outside by the steps. 
and there's two guys. They're their backs are to the camera, and they're like just punching this guy over and over again in the stomach. <laughs> and Chris has kind of seen this happen, and then one of them sees him. What are you looking at? And he's like, nothing. Oh, so we're nothing? Oh. You know, just that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, and when and, and 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 after that, like they kind of like it's like, are, hang on, do you do you go to the school? <laughs> and then the camera swivels around to reveal that yes, the the, the guy, the the, 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 the lead bully, is like middle aged, like a full mustache and like kind of like wrinkles on his face. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, whoa. I've been going here for 16 years. I was taken <laughs> aback. I was like, whoa, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it was, just, it was just that reveal. There, there aren't a lot of shows out there that use um, editing and cinematography, especially like sitcoms that mm-hmm. use them for comedy. There aren't a lot of shows that use it, that, that use this as effectively as, as the show. I mean, Malcolm in the Middle is one of those. I was those. just thinking about Malcolm. Uh, the Office is another. Mm-hmm. You know, where, where, they're, where they're really able to use the camera to make jokes as opposed to just dialogue. I love I, I always love, love when, 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 when shows do that. Me too. It's, a, it's like an interactive, for the for, for a treat for the audience, you know? I love it. Um, next scene, we see Julius in his old uniform, sadly. That is a shame. I, I felt so bad. Like, I really did feel a profound sadness in that moment because it just made me think of my dad, you know, and the hoops that my mom had to make him jump through. Anyways, next scene, we see Julius in his old uniform and Rochelle brings him his breakfast in bed and is apologizing and comforting him about having go, to go back to his two jobs. She's not really that sorry. It's, she's not that sorry. She's she, uh, The way she walked in with the breakfast, she was like, I got what I, like the, the, the vibe was like, I got what I wanted, you know? Yeah, it was, it was really more of like a condolence sorry rather than yeah. as, as opposed to I was being a jerk sorry. Yes, there you go. Like, sorry you have to go back to your old job, loser, but. I don't know, this this whole this whole story, I mean, I, 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 love, I, love, I love the jokes about, mm-hmm. about like Julius' smell, but I really do think just like kind of this plot wise, and this is just me like digging into, like, digging into plot plot and find and then thinking about this I just I have to imagine there had to have been some middle ground right. between him coming home in his fish market uniform and having to quit the job like I, it, it doesn't sound like it was like in his skin like it's it, like he could have just like changed exactly at work come home in different clothes and then just and showered I don't know Something. There, there were other, there were other ways. I mean, we, they had to reestablish the status quo. It's a sitcom. Mm-hmm, it's gonna, mm-hmm. that's gonna happen. Of but, course. I mean. Yeah, it just it just seems it just seems like we didn't really go in that we didn't really go in that direction. Like I have to imagine the fish market would have a locker room at least. Exactly. <laughs> I don't know. There was no middle ground. There was no compromise. There was no nothing. Like she was just there was just like no, we're not having this. This is not going to be a thing. Yeah, if, if you want if you want to reestablish status quo and ignore an option. Well, don't ignore the option. You know, just bring bring up the option. Acknowledge it. That's that, 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 for 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 me. That's all you have to do. Just bring it up. Why can't Why can't we do this? Yeah. Like 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 in every modern horror movie, how they have to get <laughs> they have to get the cell phone out of the way. Oh no, I don't have a signal. Oh no, I dropped my phone. You know, some, you know, all, all that kind of stuff. They, they acknowledged it. That's all yeah. I ask that that you just acknowledge the acknowledge the hole in the plot, and that's and, and and that's all you really have to do. Yeah. So just give us a just just come up with a reason. It's one sentence. Come up with a reason reason why Julius absolutely could not keep that job because it seems like it would be really good for his uh, physical and his mental health to not have to work two jobs exactly the, he, I, I feel like there should have been more work done at least a little bit more work done to try to be able to stay at that job yeah exactly uh, that, again that that was just too extreme that was just immediately like no sorry we can't do this we can't have this at all and it's like you guys were even I don't know it's it's weird. They to not acknowledge it at all. Weird. Um, oh, also the breakfast tastes like fish. 
he's no longer told nose, you <laughs> he's no longer nose blind <laughs> or taste blind i guess both um so after that incident um after the 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 lamont incident chris ends up changing his mind and he decides to stay at corleone um greg is so happy he hugs him something something that chris is not cool with and like this is tired this is so tired it is it is he's like whoa this ain't broke back i'm like brother he did not have to say that and like even i I was watching some episodes and he's really adamantly not like anti-pda especially with like his 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 little his little guy friend greg and like he has to like constantly tell greg like hey you gotta be like you have to keep your distance both emotionally and physically and 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 all all that stuff but it's I, it's just really sad. I hate that kids internalize homophobia and are taught to reject physical acts of like love or friendship or joy or like camaraderie. Like when you are happy to see a person, you should you should not feel you should feel welcome to be able to like, OK, well, I'm very touch averse, but still, I still want people to feel like they can like, you know, express joy through a hug or something with me, even if I'm like, oh, no, I'm touch averse, but like I'll, I'll accept it, you know. I just I hate I hate the internal how young the homophobia gets yeah, internalized. Yeah, throughout the they th- and then they had like they had like date the episode really really hard by dropping the Brokeback Mountain. That reference. was so funny. Oh my god, that part was funny though. I'm like Brokeback, dang! Like you had to go way back. But yeah, it's sad. It's just sad. That's that's just one. That's another it's, it's, thing. It's, I it's a tired thing. It's it's honestly why shows like the other sitcoms like because I mean I mean. Scrubs, I think, was doing was 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 kind of being more inclusive in terms of like male friendship. Oh yeah. Uh, before before uh, before before the show even came out, like I mean, they they started off a little rocky. Um, I think I think I think uh, uh, Turk Turk was a little was a little bit more of a manly man early on in the show. Right. Uh, they, they honestly JD and Turk both were, but as but as the show goes on, eventually, yeah, they they get really they get real. I mean, there's there's a musical episode and they sing like this, then they sing like this ballad. They do like this ballad duet called Guy Love and it's I love Guy Love so much. <laughs> I love it. The, that 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 episode and just JD and Turk in general, they are such a bromance. I am so envious of their bromance. I want a bromance like that. I want to... Oh, man. Yeah, they you are got, so lucky. Yeah, you, got, you got JD and Turk. You've got Sean and Gus from Psych. You've got mm-hmm. uh, Troy and Abed in Community. It's a, it's, it's a different. It's a different kind of thing in, in Community, but it's but it's still really well done. I love I love I love Troy and Abed. They're the, them and JD and Turk are my favorite platonic bromance duo. Yeah, so there's, a, there's, a, there's a great community. I think I, I remember if it's in season two or three uh, where they both decide that they have a crush on the same um, librarian who works. And, and, and they're trying to figure out a way to, they're trying to figure out a way to like, w- w- without drama, you know, try, kind of, kind of, kind of, kind of proposable, and then they kind of, kind of, they kind of like both say, okay, well, how about this? We both take you to the, we both take you to the dance on the same night, and you can decide which one of these you like better. Oh, I thought and it was going to turn into polyamory. And at the end, no, at, at, at the, at the, at the end of the, at the end of the episode, um, at, at the end of the episode, I guess spoilers for this episode of Community, which I can't remember the name of. <laughs> oh well, whatever. <laughs> um, she ends up, she ends up choosing, uh, she ends up choosing uh, Troy because she finds Abed kind of weird and off-putting. Oh. And uh, Troy is deeply offended. 
on 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 Abed's behalf, and oh. and so and so you see that, and he kind of gives he kind of gives her like this this like kind of like kind of like upset look, and then you see him like kind of storming out of the storming out of the uh, out of out of the cafeteria where the dance is happening. He's like, I hate her, I hate her, I hate her, I hate her, I hate her. And then eventually they're kind of like they're talking. Don't, don't don't worry, don't worry, Abed. We'll find somebody. Oh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> Oh, I love that. Okay. Oh, oh, my heart. Oh, my heart. Okay, I'm fine. I am good. I love Troy and Abed so much. Okay, I just need a second. My heart is so full of of platonic man love. Oh. All right. So back on back on this. Right. We were talking about Chris and Greg and their cute little gay, not gay from uh, boys, love and boys um, friendship. So the reason why uh, Chris decided to stay at Corleone is because he realized he's going to get jumped to wherever he goes. He's he's a little skinny nerd. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, that's kind of like, but it's like, yes. I mean, like, there is a racial component. I mean, yes. But <laughs> I'm just a skinny kid who can't fight. So yeah, I'm gonna get beat up anywhere we go. Yeah. So he might as well be with his best bud while he gets bullied. You know, uh, what is it? Misery loves company. Yeah, that, that's kind. That's kind. That's kind. That's kind. That's kind of what. Uh, that's kind of the way he puts it. Well, when he's when he's running away from the guys at at um, at, at Sanford Middle, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, where he's like, where he's like, um, I couldn't help but think that I couldn't help but think that maybe Greg could take half of this output. Out of <laughs> oh, I'm like, dang. <laughs> That's so fun. It's so funny. It is so funny. I'm like, wow, you really like even in these times, you miss your best bud. It's just it's beautiful. I love friendship. Friendship is like, oh, so key. Um, So, you know, even Caruso, even Caruso missed bullying Chris. Funny, a funny little subversion of wholesomeness. (laughs) Yeah. You said he had to go back to bullying white kids. And it's Man. like, wow, what a shame for you, Caruso. I love, that, I love that kid who walks by too. Next time you're gonna leave the school, maybe tell somebody. <laughs> He's got a giant black eye. <laughs> yeah, his face is beat. It was oh wow. Man, putting blame on the black kid for leaving because he's experiencing racism and now oh god. The racism is ugh. And so, you know. And again, you know, uh, Caruso and 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 Greg and Chris have that interaction, and then you know they slow they they go back to their old dynamic of Chris and Greg running away from Caruso and his goons, um, and then we end on a freeze frame about on a wholesome bit about you know everything is going to be all right as long as Chris had Greg. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, like isn't that sweet? Oh my goodness, I love friendship. All right, so Leo, how did this episode hold up for you? I just want to say, I love this show. I love watching it more as an adult. It is a little triggering on some level uh, because I grew up in some pretty extreme conditions, but with one income and a mother who was also obsessed with like appearing like we weren't in literal poverty. So getting by was hard. Going to school while while one of the utilities was out was hard. Uh, my mom invalidating my own hardships was hard. Um, so life is just like watching this show. Like now, I'm just, it just makes me realize life is just difficult for Black, Indigenous, and people of color. And and this show captures that experience or one one facet of that of like that experience that is brutally honest in an almost like healing or cathartic way. Because I imagine Chris Rock when he pitched this show, he's like. 
I had a pretty messed up childhood. Let me process it somehow, you know? So in that way, I want to say it could be healing or cathartic, especially for those of us, for those of us who may have similar experiences to Chris or or his like in, in or his family or anything like that and seeing it portrayed like so realistically and you know the representation it's like it doesn't make you feel better but it makes you feel seen you know right the show overall captures the layers of what capitalism does to working class families especially working class families of color the sacrifices some people have to make, the things that they have to endure, the things they have no control over just to make their family unit get by, the the, the faults of the nuclear family, etc. It's just so real. I do have to take a break from the, the show now and then because it gets just so real at some parts. But this episode, like, five out of five. Real good. The show, five out of five. It's the whole experience. I really liked it. I really liked this one. I... Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think I've watched this this episode, it, um, this episode per se. But wow, I love it. <laughs> what about you, Tim? Um, yeah, I think you had a lot more to say about it than I do. Um, I agree with everything that was previously said. Um, what's always drawn me to this show was, and I mean, in addition to its uh, goofy, surreal sense of humor mm-hmm. because of the unreliable narrator structure that that that, that is built around, uh, was yeah, its unapologetic dark edge. Mm-hmm. It does not, it does not mess around. It does not mince words. It, it, it. The show has never been afraid to make jokes about things like, you know, corporal punishment oh, or yeah. the different forms of racism. Um, it's and, and it's always had the writing chops to be able to make those jokes actually land, despite how horrifying the truth behind it actually is. Mm-hmm. Um, I also just love just on a, just the cinematography level. I'm I'm always I'm always gonna like get really excited when a show can like figure out how to use edits or the camera to punch up a joke or even just make a joke in and of itself. Because like certain certain jokes wouldn't work at all. Like there was no there, there was hardly any dialogue built around the the middle aged junior high students who's <laughs> yeah. been who's been going to the school for sixteen years. <laughs> that was fully visual right there. <laughs> yeah, you needed the camera for that. And I, mm-hmm. I I love I love comedic comedic camera work. Like oh, yeah. it's, it's 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 an art that I don't think gets as much respect as it should as it should, as it should have. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think I mentioned earlier that like the show it gets compared to you know in terms of just. Um, some you know half half functional half dysfunctional family units it gets compared to Malcolm in the Middle a lot but honestly I would put it more in the same category as like a 1970s Norman Lear sitcom like uh, All in the Family oh right right yeah because um, that show also very much because because that, that show that show that show's whole thing is built around a absolute monster of a conservative oh. Hmm. lives with a very, very hardcore, uh, hardcore liberal. His daughter marries a very, very hardcore liberal, and they just butt heads over issues. Oh, that sounds so familiar. <laughs> and um, but and, and this show and this show does a very similar kind of thing. It gets really, really, it gets really, really deep in the weeds without. That's always what I love in shows is when they can get deep in the weeds without losing the humor. There's a lot. There, there, there's a lot of shows you'll find in like the 80s and 90s, especially where they can do that. You know, Cheers mm-hmm. is really good at that. Frasier is really good at that. Um, I haven't seen a lot of Good Times just yet, but I've been, but I, but, I, but I've watched a pretty fair amount of Good Times, and yeah, they, they, they're able to, they're able to, they're able to be very good about. I, I actually, actually, this show is also very Good Times. It's, it's about, it's about a working class. A black family that mm. is that is that that's just trying to make ends meet, and Dang. they're able to they're able to be they're able to be goofy while also engaging with horrifying realities of being in being in being in those various kinds of groups. Man, you ever just think about how 
traumatic that is for <laughs> I, I can I can only imagine right 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 duh um <laughs> yeah I guess it's your first episode I am I mean unless you, unless you couldn't tell by my voice I am <laughs> I am I am I am I am I am a I am a I am a white person I check all of the privilege boxes <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny I was talking to my girlfriend the other day I was talking to my girlfriend the other day and we were talking we we were always talking about oppression and living in this time and such because you know we're a queer couple I'm me and we were recently talking about uh, race and stuff and I'm like man I did the same thing where I was like imagine that and then I was like and then it just hit me like I'm really dating somebody who does not face racial discrimination in any way and it was just like weird to me it was a weird like it dawned on me I'm like oh wait that's weird. I don't know. It was just a, yeah. There's, an interesting there's, there's a lot of moments. There's a lot of moments you get like that, especially when you when you when you when you are when you are on those grid. You, you, you don't you don't you don't necessarily like want any of that privilege or any of that kind of stuff. It's just I just I I feel like I'll I'll find that I'll find that like somebody will bring that up because mm-hmm. and, and and I'll and I'll and I'll kind of just feel bad for a second. I'm like oh, I don't know. I can't. I, I really don't know. What, I really don't know what to say <laughs> in this moment. I'm sorry. I'm white. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I do my best. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. Sorry. That's just race. Race is really heavy. It, it's a it's a it's a it's a very big thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the show really does um, capture a lot of really fantastic stuff through humor like mm-hmm. without without ever having to get totally, totally serious. Because, because I mean, a lot of shows like you know, you, there's there's a lot of like Fresh Prince of Bel Air episodes. I mean, some of those are some of those are like very very good. Mm-hmm. You know, I I'm a big fan of the episode where Will's dad comes back. I'm a very big Oof. fan of the episode where Carlton buys a gun. You know, like oh, those are right. those are good dramatic episodes. But I like it when they can when they can engage with stuff without having to lose the humor. That's one, true. One of the one of the one of the reasons why I love Frasier so much because Frasier is a very um, Frasier is a very like prototypical dramedy. Like it, mm. it's 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 very it's it's very it's very funny, but they're able to get they don't they don't feel the pressure to end a scene on a joke. Like they'll just be like, yeah, we can just there's there was there was an Everybody Loves Raymond I was watching the other day where the the, the scene didn't end on a joke. Like there was just a the the, the episode actually didn't end on a joke. Hmm. It was actually a very very serious uh, cliffhanger that actually ended up having big consequences later on. Mm-hmm. No joke, and it just yeah, and and, and the episode just kind of ended quietly. And I was like, ooh, that's um, oh that's ominous, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I and I I, I I love I love when when they're not when they're not afraid because it always comes off as kind of false to me when a show like segregates its 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 humor and its drama. Mm-hmm. Where it's like, okay, well, um, we, we usually just do, you know, Family Matters was 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 very big about that kind of thing. Where like you would get, there'd be there'd be wacky Urkel stuff going on, mm-hmm. and then and then somebody learns a lesson, and there'd be like synthesizer music that plays, to let you know, okay, lessons are happening now. Oh, wow, okay. <laughs> yeah, the show and and the show that Family Matters spun off from Perfect Strangers is like that too. Oh, okay. So yeah, it's, yeah. It's, I, I, I. It, it always rings as really phony whenever mm-hmm. they do that. So I appreciate when a show can just say, "Yeah, well, let's engage with with serious stuff, but let's never lose the humor." Yeah, it's kind of like just life. You know how <laughs> some people use um, what is it, self deprecating humor or like doomer humor <laughs> to deal with their stuff. It feels like that. All right, so I think we agree then. This was a very, very, it's a very good episode of television. It's a great episode. I love Everybody Hates Chris. Uh, so I think that will wrap it up for this for this uh, for this episode. Uh, if you like what you just heard, make sure to tell your friends and or leave us a rating, a review wherever you heard wherever you found us to help spread the word. 
Uh, make sure to check out our website, viewpointsonline.org. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Riverside City College Viewpoints, as well as on Twitter and Instagram. And on top of that, you can also find our newspapers. Pick them up, please. Please go to the Riverside City Libraries. <laughs> going to start getting meaner about this. Every episode, I'm going to get a little bit meaner and more aggressive. <laughs> And just be like, if you don't pick it up, we're going to know. We're making a list. Everybody don't... everybody who doesn't pick up a paper gets added to a list. If you don't pick it up, we're going to start adding this tone in the background of our of our episodes. That will just make you nauseous. No, I'm just kidding. That would be terrible. Yikes. <laughs> and uh, Leo, if the person if a, if a person were to be finding or be looking for you uh, uh, personally, where would they be able to do that? They can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Chupacabral. That is Chupacabra with an L and an underscore at the end, all lowercase. Now, Tim, where can the people find you? Uh, you can similarly find me on Twitter and Instagram at Nacy Tim. That is spelled N-A-C-E-Y. And that will do it for this episode of Rerun Shuffle. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you. Thank you.